When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Online and on DAB Digital Radio. Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2. Well, hello and welcome to Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2, where we are nearly at the end of the series, the summer, and Alistair Cook's international career. This will be his final test match in England for England as he receives an embrace from the captain, Joe Root, as the crowd here for the ninth time in this match. Get to their feet and applaud Alistair Cook, Centurion for England. We will hear from Cookie tonight and find out whether or not it's too late to change his mind. Day four at the Oval was a day nobody who was there will ever forget, for good and bad reasons. Stuart Broad joins the party. A golden duck for the great Virat Kohli. And India are two for three. We've got all the reaction to Cook's farewell century. A return to form for Joe Root. Another couple of wickets for Jimmy. And are England really going to stick with Jennings? Well, you're listening to Darren Goss Cricket Week on TalkSport 2. So, Johnny, what a Mm. day's cricket. What a moment for you to be there and savour it and commentate on it and report on it. Absolutely superb for Cookie. Uh, I tell you what, we all came to the Oval today hoping, dreaming, uh, that what we'd see would be the fitting farewell, the perfect, the fairy tale finish, really. But I don't think anyone really expected it to happen. Uh, so when it did, you almost had to pinch yourself a little bit. Uh, the crowd here, Goffey, uh, on all four days have been absolutely spellbound whenever Alistair Cook has been at the crease. I, I can't remember a day like it. The atmosphere, as you can imagine, you know, it was wonderful when he reached the milestones. Everybody applauded, everyone cheered. But it was actually in the build-up to the milestones that actually it was most interesting. You could hear a pin, <laughs> pin drop. It was unbelievable. You know at the start of a day's play, when you know it's like a cricket, it takes about half an hour for everyone to get it. You've got all day, um, people aren't in any rush, there's big queues outside. And when that first ball is, you know, the, the bowler's running in, 
you've got uh, half the people still making their ways to their seats. Not today, not on day four. Everybody was ready to go from ball one. No latecomers. Everyone wanted to be here early, in position, so they could hopefully watch what ended up happening. Alistair Cook getting a century in his final innings for England. Unbelievable. It was, and um, let's say you, you come to expect it over the years. He's been a fantastic player. Yes, he's been a bit lean um, over the last 18 months, but we know once he gets in, he's very hard to dismiss. He's mm. just getting in has been his biggest problem. There was a load of question marks whether he should probably play this test match. I mean, and I must admit, I were nearly on that after the first day, after watching England battle away <laughs> all day for the, one of the most boring days I've ever seen. 197, 198 for seven, was it? Oh, my word. And Cookie started the day, actually, and it set the momentum, set the pace of the play for the all day, didn't it? But what a way he to did, finish. Yeah. There's not many players have had a century in their first test and a century in their last test, and Cookie is one of a small number. I think there's five. five Mohamed yes. Azradin, Greg Chappell, yep. Reggie Duff, Bill Ponsford, and Ali Cook. Absolutely great achievement. Well, I think he's also the only player in the history of the game to start his international career with a century and a 50 and uh, finish it with the same thing, because, of course, <laughs> he did hit that uh, slow-go half-century in first yeah. innings as well. Mm. What about absolutely um, brilliant? And when we cook here, like I said, I mean, it's so hard. I mean, what, what to say about him anymore? I've, I've, last Monday on Drive, I actually was saying about him. I said, Do you know something? The problem is when you get to a certain age, and Cookie's not at that certain age, by the way. You tend to retire from Test cricket, walk away, and never play again. But we've got to remember this kid's only 33 still, and he could mm. easily play till he's 38, 39. Just signed a three-year deal with Essex. Now, would he have been better? and I've mentioned this again on Drive today, mm. for him to have said, I need a break from international cricket. The pressures, being captain, staying in the team, never having any break from test cricket, the pressures that go with it. I might be better just of having two series off this winter, Sri Lanka and West Indies, start next summer, and if the run's flawed, he would have been able to come back, back into the team refreshed. Refreshed, and we might have seen the... He can obviously still play. Look at the well, look uh, at the game. Look at this game under no pressure, knowing it's his last game, and he's released mm. himself from it and just played beautifully. Do you think he's going to regret it? Do you think he's going yes, to in, in a year's I, time? Do you I think said he's this to think, him. Mm. I texted him the other day. I said this to him. And I, I just think sometimes with a player they need a break. Obviously, when it comes to a bowler, and you get slower and you get older, there's no way back, is there? If we're going to be honest, but just look at something simple like. Um, Moin Ali gets a bit of time out of the international team he comes back mm. look how fresh he looks hungry determined to do well with a bat and ball and in the field he actually playing with energy now sometimes you just need that Cookie has never ever had that break from the battle of the test arena he's never missed any games really through injury I think he's missed one game hasn't he or something stupid yeah. Early this, doors in that first tour. Yeah, he might have he's, just he's needed gone a break. 159 tests back it's to unreal. back. It's unreal. Sometimes people get injury, broken finger, broken hand. He might have been missed a tour with a knee operation, a shoulder operation. He has missed nothing. He has played non-stop. Mentally and physically, he must be shattered. But he can't be that tired because I'll tell you why I'm saying that. He signed a three-year deal to play county cricket. Now, if he was physically 
and mentally drained of cricket, trust me, you would not play. You would not play. You know, his great friend, best mate actually, Jimmy Anderson, he's 36, right? Three years older than Cook. His mentor, Cook's mentor, Graham Gooch, battered on until his 40s. I think he scored off his test runs after the age of 32 or something. You know, fast forward to next year, this time next year, right? 2-2 in the Ashes with one to play back here at the Oval. Mm. And one of the openers breaks his finger. Alistair Cook's been tearing it up in the county championship, scoring runs for fun, and the call goes out. What do you think? What do you think Alistair Cook does? Does he answer the call to his country? Could I there don't possibly think he would. be? I don't think he would, Cookie. Knowing the way he is as a person, he's made his decision now. I think he'll stick to it. I, mm. I, I still think he, he just made it. Uh, he made it when he probably thought, well, I'm not going to get back. I'm not going to get back. So I'm. But now he's probably sitting in his changing spot now at the ground, having a drink with the lads. Um, not saying alcohol, I'm just saying having a drink with the lads and, mm. and talking about the day's play and how special it's been. There must be something in his head thinking, ooh, would I have been better just saying to the management with a power he's, he's got Alistair within that team and say, I mm. just need a long break. I need a winter off and wait when I'm home with a family, got kids now and I just probably need that little bit of time. Well, he's, he's got, he's got start, his third one on the way, isn't it? Yeah, if That's probably started, one of the other reasons. If England didn't play well this winter with two new openers or one new opener, and or next year he started the season strong and England was struggling, Alistair Cook's his first name on the sheet, 12,500 <laughs> or 600 ones, whatever the final figure may be, he would have been screaming at the, at the newspapers and the radio and the TV to bring Alistair Cook back. But... He's, he's walked away now, he's gone. He, he said that's it. Well, he was asked uh, in the press conference whether there was any way he could return to the England fold and categorically uh, said it wasn't going to happen. Uh, he has also been speaking with Talk Sports' very own Guy Swindles. Let's hear what Alistair Cook had to say. It was an unbelievable one, really. Uh, I suppose all week it's, it's obviously a strange week um, and I've just been determined, like, even today, turning up on 40-odd, like, don't, don't mess it up and get out early because it'd be of an anticlimax. And that's kind of how I felt. So I felt a bit of extra pressure that way. But to go out like that, it's just, it is what dreams are made of. How did you concentrate with everything that was going on off the pitch? There were songs, there were family here. It was, it was, there was just everything going on. How, to, how did you manage? Well, I suppose that's probably my greatest skill, I suppose, is being able to, to, to take a lot of emotion out of my batting uh, and just be able to, on a real cliche, do a ball at a time. And actually, if there's ever a test of it, this week's probably been a test because there's been obviously a lot of, you know, like, story about it and expectation and um, obviously goodwill as well. But it comes with a goodwill, a bit of pressure that you want to perform. And um, so to perform like that probably just, um, probably just shows my greatest strength in one way. Um, but, yeah, it's just incredible. As I say, 30, 30 of my friends, my family, all here to see that, you know, it's incredibly special. Jasper Bumra, what was he, what was going on? Did you, did you watch all of that? I know, he's been, he's been causing me a few issues in this series. Well, he launched it very hard, and I was, as soon as he let go, I was like, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. And then, um, obviously, Bajara uh, was on the boundary, and I actually, from the moment past the stumps, I thought, that's it, he was, he's not getting it. But on the replay, he actually got a bit closer than I thought. I can't really describe it feels you know it just feels unbelievable it feels like someone will wake me up in a minute um, 
you want to go back and, and kind of watch it now just to see how, how special it was. And Jimmy Anderson, it would be nice if, if uh, he could break the record in the same test match you did. Oh, it would be, yeah, it would be special. I think obviously being there for a fair few of his milestones, but that would be, yeah, that would just be icing on the cake. Could I just ask you about that standing ovation that just went on and on and on? How did you cope with it? Well, when I got the 100, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean I've never heard, a, a, like, I suppose, a noise like that. I mean, I, when I walked out about, I suppose, on the, on, in the second innings, it was, it was louder, but I did actually let that, like, take, take that in, and it was just, I mean, it just, you know, I was like, oh, my God, this is almost... I went for the second bat wave, and I, I didn't quite know what to do, to, do, to be brutally honest, so... Um, as I said, it's just one of those one of those days where it was obviously written by something or someone, and, um, and one I will I will never forget. And there's just no other. It's just a perfect way to go. Alistair Cook there speaking with Guy Swindles following uh, what was one of the most extraordinary days play um, that I can remember for sure. Will go down as one of the best ones uh, that I've been fortunate enough to be at uh, on Talk Sport duty. So wonderful stuff from uh, from Cookie. Um, we could talk a little bit about Joe Root as well because that was a that was a a, a big century um, for uh, Root. He needed it. He'd gone 16 tests without going past three figures. Um, but let's just uh, let's just keep on that cookie theme just for a couple of more minutes before we start to expand and look more in depth at this test match as a whole. Because, of course, uh, he's not going to be part of the team, is he, moving forward? And the comments from Paul Farbrace, the assistant coach last night, was that uh, when England line up a month from today uh, for the ODI series and then moving on to the tests, they will do so with Keaton Jennings in that test side. Um, <laughs> were, you, were you surprised by that or... Is it unrealistic to expect England no. to go and play a test match with two new openers? Um, we, we don't pick from county cricket anymore, so does it shock me? Uh, no. Scores of, if this would have been in any other era, uh, 42 and 8, 11, um, didn't bat, 20 and 13, not and 36, 23 and 10, not good enough for an opener. But they will look and say, probably look at the Indian openers throughout the series, and they've not been good enough as well. Uh, but I think India will get rid of Darwin. I, I can't see Darwin starting the next series for India. No, I really I can't. Agree. Rahul might just slog his way <laughs> into the. Yeah, you can the, see the tactics. Quite yeah, clear, he's probably thinking, I'm not scratching around anymore against Jimmy Anderson yeah. and all that stuff. Wickets are falling around me. I'm going out on a bang if this is my last one. Um, it's, it's just been disappointing uh, from both sets uh, of openers in both teams. Now, Jennings, as a player, he has looked stiff. Um, he's not looked as though he can get ang- uh, uh, the, the, the bowler isn't Sharma coming round the wicket and just holding its line nicking off to slips when he's bowled over the wicket and the ball swung back into him you can see he's almost wanting to leave it all the time he got done didn't he in the fourth test or was it the third test where he padded uh, padded up now uh, fourth test yeah and then also what do we do with left-handers do we go with two left-handers still because well, Burns is a favourite yeah, well, especially as Ali's going to be uh, looking like he's going to be playing at three. So that's, three left-handers. Exactly. It just doesn't make sense. And when it comes down to this England uh, lineup, just to, just to uh, go with it, you've got Cook who's going, Jennings who's out of form, Ali who's going to be a bit of a, a it's going to be a bit of a test for him at three. They're probably thinking, mm. but Arath might open the bowling in Sri Lanka, which they normally do open with a spinner. So it, Absolutely. he might play spin quite well. Root can then nip down to four. Bairstow at five keeps getting his stumps knocked out, and he's not getting the runs <laughs> at five. Stokes at six and Butler at seven is fine. Curran's going to be at eight. 
Rashid is he good enough as a uh, second spinner, first spinner, whatever you want to call him? And then what's going to happen with uh, we know Anderson's going to play, but what's going to happen with Broad? Is he going to keep? Is he going to hang on to his place, or they're going to go with someone with pace? Because they cannot go in Sri Lanka with Stokes, Curran, Broad, no. and Anderson. And we Anderson. need a strike bowler in there. Well, I think they might play a spinner instead of uh, Anderson. But that's uh, that's a debate for uh, well in a few minutes' time. You're listening to Darren Goss Cricket Week on Talksport Two. Online and on DAB Digital Radio, Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2. So, Goffy, looking ahead to that Sri Lanka series, we were just talking about uh, the makeup of the team. Now, the discussion is this, right? Uh, if we are uh, going to suggest that Sam Curran is definitely going to play and uh, one of uh, Anderson and Broad and Stokes, of course, if he's fit, you do not need uh, four seamers. So, how are England going to do it? Are they going to bring back Leach? Um, are they going to rest Broad? And I wouldn't be happy if I was Broad if you're not playing T20 or ODI cricket to find out you're missing tests as well. It's going to be a bit of a balancing act. And I think that's one of the reasons England are possibly going to look at Ali because they can put him in at three and that's one of, one of their spin options. But um, I can't say that we're any closer now at the end of a five-test summer, seven-test summer actually, to knowing who our spinners are than we were seven tests ago. We don't know who our spinners are. We don't know if they're going to make a change now they're going abroad. I think uh, Ed Smith, the selector, might want to make a statement. He's already said uh, Milan is a better player, uh, more suited to playing abroad than he is in England. So I think he might actually say the same thing with the bowlers. If that's going to be the consistency is going to be there and he might look at uh, Wokes as performances uh, away from home and uh, averaging over 60 and think, nah, there's no point taking him. He might think Anderson, who actually had a decent Australia tour, mainly due to the, he just doesn't go for runs these days, does he? Uh, but he didn't knock over the top order. It was just, but you need someone to have control and Anderson's going to have that. Mm. And then the, the, the job is going to be, what does he do with Broad? Um, does he play uh, Jack Leakes, Leach? Uh, as another spinner um, <laughs> or does he play a strike ball there's someone like uh, Jamie Overton um, uh, or uh, um, Ollie Stone Ollie Stone, Ollie yeah, Stone Ollie is the other one uh, who dispatches. I've been talking about so there's, so there's a few options but we have no idea what the order is going to be the top three let's be honest about it we have no idea what the top three is going to be we have no idea if Rashid's going to stay in the starting 11 or they're going to bring in uh, a left arm spinner who can bowl and turn in pitches. We know that. Jack Leach is doing it at Taunton on turning pitches. He's taking wickets. So there's no question mark there. And it's what do they do on the seam department? So there's so many question marks, so many answers uh, that need um, answering. So many questions that need answering. One of the uh, the questions that was answered today surrounded Joe Root. How big a moment uh, mm. for him was that century? It certainly seemed to be... Um, you know, we all know about his conversion rate. He's actually he's actually scoring relatively well. But you know, just for any batsman, just to get back on that uh, century. Well, batting at four, horse. batting at four, it well, happens. Yeah, Fourteen tests injury, yeah. and and that will be that's almost guaranteed. He's going to bat now at four. That's the position he's going to play at now. He goes back to four, gets a century, 125, fantastic innings. Um, his 14th test century. It's the first one since last summer. It was needed. And for him mentally, as, as well now, there's no way he's going back to three. 
absolutely no chance so they've got to find someone to go there so let's be honest about it John I think we can confirm now but probably Ali is going to bat three yeah I think it's uh, it's almost nailed on they need the spinner uh, they need a number three unless he's willing to do it and he does bat at three unless, for his county as well let's, let's remember let's be saying this unless he goes they go for another thing and say well they're not sure they can replace him with uh, an opener or unless they have two openers so they have one who comes into bat one and one who comes into bat three. That's the only other option. So say they brought in, right? Say they mm. brought in uh, Burns and yeah. say they I brought think in Burns a Denley. Is, is nailed on. Yeah, so Burns is nailed yeah. on to replace Cook. So two left-handers and then it's whether they bring in then someone at three. Whether they bring a right-hander rather than have three left-handers at the top. Because you remember, you've got a Rath bowling left arm into that rough if there's going to be any if England don't win the toss and bat first. Um, so it's not going to be easy, is it? No, absolutely. I mean, Denley, oh, you got Denley who could bat three, bat three for Kent, and everybody's right calling handed. for him. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Um, what was also interesting was uh, Nick Compton, um, who's not shy of an opinion or two himself. Uh, one of the 15 men uh, who has partnered Alistair Cook at the top of the order for England, uh, scored a couple of centuries as well, um, one of the more successful part opening partners he's had. Uh, talking about uh, Alistair Cook, the legacy, uh, and just exactly what England are going to be missing, with you and Adrian on drive today. Let's hear what he had to say. I think as a, you know, a friend of his, a fan of his, and as, as a, somebody who has watched him over the years and admired his game, and there's no doubt that Alistair Cook has deserved this moment. Um, I suppose there was a view that potentially if he had said that he had enough and that his, his hunger had died and what have you, you know, some would say that, I don't know, Bumble sort of tweeted something, David Lloyd tweeted that potentially they should move on straight away and get the new opener in straight away. But I think when you're talking about somebody of the magnitude of Alistair Cook, leading all-time English run scorer, um, I think for him to have the opportunity to go to the Oval and, 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 and sign off and, and Boy, has he signed off. I mean, what an incredible performance. It is, it is a great performance. It is a great day for him. But, Nick, going into the Sri Lanka series, it does leave England basically without openers. I mean, you, you can name some names, but we're without an opening pair now. Yeah, it's a struggle. Uh, there's no doubt that um, the openers have struggled, you know, okay, bar out of the cook in this game. But up until now, um, it's been a, a poor... A time of it, you know, you don't just look at this opening pair, but it goes back a number of years. There's been 12 opening partners with Alistair Cook and really haven't found a settled opening partnership. And take away the opening partnership, we still don't have a number three. Joe Root finally is back in his, his number four position where he should have been all along. Um, Keaton Jennings has failed to kind of take his chance, failed to impress really. But look, he does have some qualities, clearly it's a time that they've invested in him. They made a decision at the start of the summer that he was the man to go forward with. So it kind of would be admitting a fault if they didn't pick him for Sri Lanka, even considering now that you know, Alistair Cook is, is not going to be around. So it's a time where they need someone or a couple of players to step up. Um, you know, it was quite interesting listening to Ed Smith, who's you know, almost said in many ways that this is the squad we want to go forward with. These are the kind of group of players and uh, Keaton Jennings, it almost seemed to imply that Keaton Jennings was going to go to Sri Lanka, irrelevant of, you know, how this test match went, which is which is quite interesting for some. I guess given that um, I said something yesterday, which, you know, sort of implied that maybe if that was going to be the case, then maybe a guy like Sam Curran, you know, uh, could step up to the plate. He's young. He's shown that he's got the character 
Um, he's got the technique. He plays the ball very late. I think we've all been very impressed with um, his attitude, I think, more, more than anything. You know, for a young man to come into the team in the way that he has and show the guts and courage. And, the, and of course, the, 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 how dynamic he is as well. He can take the bowling on. And he also had a very good little small technique. So maybe he's the man to go in at number three. I don't know. I don't think Moen Ali, for me, is a long-term number three. So that's uh, Nick Compton, former England opener and number three, mm. uh, talking on drive earlier today about Cook. 1-4-7 uh, on his farewell test match for England at the Oval. I tell you what, Goffey, for, for many of the people who came along today, and even for myself, you know, it's, it makes you think, you know, what was the best day's cricket you've ever seen? Um, and this is up there. This is up there with some of the very best. And I'm talking about actually being at the stadium. You know, Boxing Day Test 2010, uh, when uh, Australia were bowled out for 98 and Cook and Strauss put on 157 um, before walking, out, walking off the field still in bat. Uh, that must be, that's probably the best day. Or actually, back here at the Oval when England won the Ashes 2009. Um, I saw England win the Ashes here during the 90s as well. 2005 uh, Ashes were special. England, when we played England versus the West Indies at Lords. When oh, uh, we'd already lost the bird, that was an unbelievable days. Uh, cricket. What was that? Your what's your top day? Your as a player, your just oh, one I've, day. I've had a couple. I've, I've uh, poor. It's hard to look past uh, beating Pakistan in the dark uh, <laughs> yeah. in Karachi. What a, a performance uh, that was! Lords, the Lords game. Um, we're against the West Indies. It was a must, must win game. Or a few. Eds would have rolled in that game, and then beating, um, and then beating West Indies in Melbourne. Only chasing 130 odd, I think, in the second innings. I can't remember exactly how many they were chasing anyway. But 98, chasing Austra uh, beating Australia at oh, MCG. What a Dean game. Headley what, seven yeah. for. What a Alan Mulally hitting McGrath for two fours, just to a eke out twenty run partnership for the tenth wicket. Yeah, that was an incredible. Do you know that's my favourite day? That's probably my favourite memory. Mm. of all cricket ever only because I mean, we won there. <laughs> only because we won in oh, the end course. and it was one of, of mine uh, I promise you the the relief because the talked about has been the worst England uh, team to go over there and we actually performed well that series we run them close the next game um, as well um, I got the hat-trick and it's a game we should have won if it weren't for Michael Slater not being given out uh, run out when he was out by about three yards so oh. it could easily have been to all that series. Yes, we still wouldn't have won the Ashes, but that's the closest we should have got, and it would never to be that way. What about the Indians? I mean, anything but for them today. They've uh, they've battled throughout this series, and it's been a really keenly fought series. Um, I just got the feeling that if not for you know Joe Root winning five tosses in a row, it could have been even closer. Oh, yeah. Especially especially at Lords. But you know, where is this Indian team? You know, what uh, will they look back on? Uh, with regret from the five matches? Well, they've just not got enough runs. They've relied on one player, uh, Virat Kohli, to get 500-odd runs in the series. Everybody else has not been good enough. I've been surprised they didn't stick with what they know and, uh, and have Ashwin in with Jadeja. If Ashwin's not been fit the whole series, which they're saying, why didn't Jadeja play a bit more? Because he strengthens their batting. Panja was someone they've been pushing for the first four tests who's neither good enough with a ball even though he's had a five for this series or good enough with a bat so you have got there an all-rounder who's quality in Judasia yes he's not your Ashwin with the ball but he can bat as good as anything in their lineup and he proved it this game 86 not out was a superb 
Superb innings. Now they brought in Vahari, uh, the youngster who's been doing well in India, and they've, they've shown when they make can make a change and bring a different batsman, it can work for them. It really, really can. Their wicket-keeping position is a huge problem. We saw their well, main... the wicketkeeper. I mean, he, he did it again today, jumping across the Zara. Root should have been caught. Oh, I think he's not been good enough. Well. I mean, since he's come into the side, uh, Pan, he's got all this uh, potential. We hear about uh, more suited to the 2020 kind of cricket. The Saha was a big loss for them at the start of the series. Massive, yeah. Their, massive. Their wicketkeeper missing him. They've tried two wicketkeepers this series, and neither of them have looked any good. If we're going to be honest, so. Um, they need to make a few changes to their side. The batting lineup, I don't know where they're going to go. Um, I think they're going to probably go. Prithvi Shaw is going to probably come in at the top with Rahul uh, moving forward. Mm. Bajar well, will keep talent, his place at three. Yeah, Kohli will bat at four. Rehan, uh, Rehana is obviously a big knock for him uh, tomorrow. They've seen now Vahadi at six. The keeper is Sahar's going to be at seven. Ashwin's going to come back to eight, but somehow, and obviously in India, they're going to have uh, Jadeja at nine, and then they need two seamers. Bumrah's going to be one, and they're just, whether they bring back Kumar, or they stick with Shami or Sharma. Quick question for you, because uh, we, we do have to, to wrap this up, but, you know, India travelled to Australia at the end of the year, and at the start of 2018, with trips to South Africa, England, and Australia, it was all about the defining year for Virat Kohli's captaincy for this Indian side standing within the history of their own nations mm. um, you know team they lost 2-1 in South Africa they're almost certainly going to lose 4-1 in England can they go one better and do what no Indian side has ever done before and beat an Australian side that of course will be without Steve Smith David Warner and might be without a couple of those bowlers that terrorised England last winter uh, well, they can do. I mean, they've got talent, there's no doubt. And the pitches are flat and there's not much seam movement. They can do. They can beat anyone. But as soon as the ball starts moving around, their batsman's techniques have, have come into question. More than so much ours. We've got people like us. Well, we've had Cook who can battle it out, even though he's not been in the best form. You've got Joe Root, who's one of the best players in the world, although he's not showed it of late. Although this was a fantastic innings uh, today. Bairstow's been averaging just about 14 test cricket. Stokes and Butler, Butler coming in at seven and Curran at eight. Dear me. That's as good as seven and eight you're going to get in world cricket, isn't it? It's fantastic. Uh, yes. India haven't got that. They've not had it until today when Jadeja, yesterday, sorry, Jadeja got 86 not out. In that area, they have struggled massively. This series has been decided by the middle orders. England's middle order has been miles better than India's. Middle to late order. Uh, you're listening to Darren Goff on Darren Goff's Cricket Week on TalkSport 2. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Online and on DAB Digital Radio, Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2. You're listening to Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2 with me, John Norman. A uh, quick question for you, Goffy. When was the last time uh, you ran 20 miles in a day? Never. <laughs> Same here. Probably uh, I bowled 20 miles. Uh, I've done, done it bowling. Uh, but plenty of them, so uh, it's not easy. I walked once with Beefy, he did a walk. Oh, I tell you what, but I had to run to keep up with him, and that would have been 22 miles, but that was a I, long time ago. They always talk about Beefy in those walks, and everyone he, always talks about how quickly he you went. You have to run. Is it? You have to run to keep up with him. <laughs> I promise you, mate. It's Where ridiculous. Were you? Where was the walk? Um, it, actually, it was when he came through uh, Milton Keynes, and it was 22 miles. And at the end of it, I cramped up. I, my legs give way. I, I actually <laughs> hit the wall. I was getting massage on the finishing line. I couldn't move. <laughs> By Rooster, the old England physio, and I, I, I just couldn't believe how hard it was. But I must have run half of it. I must have run half of it just to keep up with him. I wonder if uh, the man we're going to speak to next has got a physio waiting to give him a massage at the end of what seems to me like uh, 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 qu- quite a uh, quite a challenge. Pleased to say top cricket broadcaster Mark Church joins us from Worcester after day one of the county championship match against Surrey. Uh, those of us who listen to a lot of county cricket commentary will know uh, these dulcet tones very well indeed. Uh, Churchy, what madness have you got yourself in for here? A uh, thousand miles, 200... T- you're running between the Oval and Lords 200 times. Explain. Yeah, I'm slightly worried now listening to the great Darren Goff about videos <laughs> and things like that. That, that. that bit's passed me by. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm taking on a challenge, Mr Norman. Uh, I lost my dad, sadly, last year to pancreatic cancer. Um, it's a pretty horrible thing, obviously. So I thought to myself, what can I do to raise a bit of money and a bit of awareness about pancreatic cancer? Um, now, it's five miles between the Oval and Lords. So I thought, well, five miles, that's not that, that impressive. I'll tell you what, what about if I do it four times a day? So that's 20 miles a day and do it over 50 days. 
that's a thousand miles, 200 runs. In sort of cricketing terms, that sounds quite good. So had this ridiculous idea six months ago, and then, oh, well, in three weeks today, I start. So I'll start on Monday, the October the 8th, finish on uh, December the 4th, Tuesday, December the 4th, and will, for 50 days, run four times a day between the Oval and Lords. That's are unbelievable. You, are you doing the same route every day, or are you taking uh, yeah. in different sites of London, well, uh, depending gonna... on your and how you're feeling? Yeah, it's going to be basically the same route, but also sort of road closures, pedestrians, bikes, weather could could slightly change it. But it's going to be there's a nice bit through Hyde Park, which is going to be the nicest bit of the journey, I think. Uh, the the bits over Vauxhall Bridge will be interesting uh, <laughs> due to cyclists, etc. Yeah. Um, and uh, going across Marvel Arch might be might be quite interesting as well. But yeah, it's it's basically the same route. And as I say, that that works out by going round the houses a bit, round the back of Victoria, works out at five miles. And I'll know it very well at the end of fifty days. I tell you, I will definitely know my way from the Oval to Lords at the end of end of fifty days of running it. Well, it's a great cause, pancreatic cancer, so you, you're raising awareness. I think it's a fantastic thing you're doing, by the way. Um, oh, thank, that means a lot. Thank you very much yeah, indeed. And, thank you for that. And the amazing thing is you will get a job after this if you really need it, as a sightsee, doing the sightseeing <laughs> tours the as thing, well. Because you'll know yeah. it. If you, and if you find out the shortcuts between Lords and the Oval, because people get lost, believe it or not, they do go one route there, uh, you can pass them all on to us. Yeah, absolutely, and, that, and that, that, that's the thing I'm thinking. Maybe I could get myself a job in international cricket for, for games at Lords and the Oval and take them on the scenic route for, for if there are one day as near each other or, um, or test matches near each other. But, no, thank you for that. That means a lot. Yeah, at the moment, it seems like a cracking idea. Come back and have a chat with me after day 10, and I'll tell you whether it's going well or not. But, no, I'm looking forward to it. And if you don't mind, I just, the, the Just Giving page, which has got a bit more information on it, as well. It just if you just go to Just Giving and put in search uh, the 200 runs, that's basically it. 200 runs, and then there's a, a bit more information about it there. Well, look, I've just been on it. I can see you're at uh, seven thousand pounds, so about seventy wow. percent of your target. So, uh, I'm sure I'll uh, I'll chuck you a few quid uh, and uh, just to help you towards the total. Uh, Churchy, I mean, you've uh, we we speak a lot about uh, Surrey because you know they're doing well, and I like I support Surrey uh, <laughs> on this show. But uh, you've seen far more of them than I have this season. Uh, tell us a little bit about Rory Burns because it does seem like finally. Uh, he's the next cab off the rank. Mm. I think a lot of people who don't watch county cricket and haven't seen Rory Burns, when they see him, if he plays for England, they're going to be a little bit surprised because he's got a trigger movement or two uh, that might surprise a few people. Yeah, look, he's Mr. Consistent. That, that, that's the thing with him. Um, and and the, the, the thing that everybody always talks about is he has a little look towards mid-wicket just as the bowler's getting to the crease. Um, but he's in the right place at the right time. And as I say, over the last five, six years, he's banged out a 1,000 runs, opening the innings. You know, it's a tough thing to do, especially Division One. now. You're seeing it in the, the Test Series at the moment. I know uh, that England, of course, have had a really good day today with a certain Mr Cook getting 100. But, you know, it's a tough thing to do, opening the innings. And, and the key thing is he... He scores his runs consistently. He sees off the new ball. And the other thing that he does really, really well now is, you know, if he gets in, he goes on, makes hundreds, 
big hundreds. And since he got the captaincy as well, you know, I think that's really added to his game. Cracking player of spin, obviously a very good player of um, the quicker men as well. And people always say to me, oh, but, you know, what does he look like? It doesn't really matter what he looks like. The fact of the matter is he scores runs. And look, put it this way, when him and Graham Smith opened together for Surrey, it, it was, you know, a, a fairly ugly opening pair, but <laughs> they, they, they normally put runs on the board. So you get him at the right time as well. He knows his game. He knows the way to play. I think the thing that annoyed me the most about it was that nobody from England had even been in touch with him. So nobody had spoken to him. Nobody had said what he needed to do. And then finally he got that call to captain the Lions this season uh, in that game at New Road. Captain the Lions, OK, didn't score heaps of runs, but they got to have a look at him. They got to see what he's about. And he, I personally think and I know the lad very, very well. He's one of these blokes that where if he goes up a level, he just his game grows. So, you know, he is the next cab on the rank. Um, he should be going to Sri Lanka. He should be opening the batting for England. And when that time comes, he won't let anybody down. Well, he will be opening the batting, but you, probably Oli Pope will be on that trip as well. But we're on Surrey just for a moment. What a fantastic season so far. It's not over yet. Uh, but um, for all the young players you've got coming through, like the Popes, like the Verdes um, and stuff like that, you have got two old boys for Surrey who are rolling back the years, aren't they, really? Morny Morkel and Ricky Clark. <laughs> two signings. Two signings for Surrey who have been absolutely high quality. Well, you, you know about those two, obviously. And, and the thing with Ricky Clark is, I think you sort of talk about it in the three stages of our Clark. So there was the young tearaway when he first started, who obviously got test matches, got one day as. Then he went off, had that, that strange old season at Derbyshire, but then went to Warwickshire, who I think played in the right way. I, I think they sort of battered him in the middle order. And when he got the ball, just said to him, run him, bowl quick, don't worry about runs take us wickets but over those years he adapted his game and got to know his game and look, he is absolute quality now it's not it's not just his bowling and his batting but today again he t took a catch at second slip that most people wouldn't have got near um, those hands of his are still absolutely fantastic and as I say he knows his game he knows the way to bowl and, and, and actually funny enough when he came in on loan for Surrey last season against Somerset, that, that made a lot of difference because they had a bowler at, at one end who was just keeping it tight and, and probing away. You add to that Mornay Morkel <laughs> and all of a sudden you've got a very good attack because obviously Tom Curran, Sam Curran, Jade Dernbach, young Conor McCurr has come in. Uh, but I think having a Morkel and Mena Clark as well, it's absolutely relentless. There's no sort of getting away from them. So, yeah, those two uh, have been absolutely outstanding this year. And as you say, to have... They always talk, don't they? And, and Goffey, you'd know, they always talk about this as well. You know, get into the overseas pro. The one We had Sangakara, obviously. The one I would be getting into, I've always said as, as a young player these days, is Ricky Clark because he's he's been there, seen that got the T-shirt, been through the stages and is now, you know, that experienced, solid pro who is still an outstanding cricketer. Brilliant stuff, uh, Churchy. Uh, thanks so much for your time. Hey, Just a, another thank quick... you for your time. Thank you for not, your time. Not, I really not, appreciate it. Uh, under a bit of pressure here, as I did that entire interview, I'm looking at Rory Burns, Ollie Pope, Ricky Clark, 
who else? They've all just wandered into the hotel. So, yeah, I was under a bit of pressure to say the right things, but I did believe well, it, as I said. Well, it's just as well you said good things, eh? But uh, exactly. go well. And that's uh, justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash 200. The numbers runs if you want to uh, just lend your support to uh, to a good guy and a brilliant cause. It's Mark Church, top but cricket commentator, and uh, he's doing that run uh, in memory of his old man, and uh, yeah, congratulations to you for uh, embarking on that. Um, we're going to go to Sri Lanka next here on uh, Talksport 2. You're listening to Darren Goff's Cricket Week. Online and on DAB Digital Radio, Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talksport 2. So a big thanks to uh, Mark Church for joining us uh, on the show. Goffey, uh, incredible results last week. That Somerset tie, um, uh, failing to score 78, being bowled out for 77. But um, you can't get escape. You can't get away from the fact that you know they're playing county cricket at this time of year, and everywhere you look, teams are being absolutely skittled. Uh, and again today. The game that um, Somerset involved in with Hampshire, uh, you know, 19 wickets, I think, in a single day's play. And this surely uh, can't be good for the game in the well, long it's term. Well, it's not, you don't get me off on a rant again, because this bugs me um, <laughs> last week. They got what they deserved. It could probably cost Somerset the title, um, the amount of spin. I think um, Mehraish got... 12 yeah, he got 12 wickets in the game or 11 yep. wickets in the game and, and Leachy got 11 or 12 wickets in the game. Losing 13 to 22 wickets on the first day of a game, it's not acceptable. And I'm not just saying this because it's Somerset uh, and it's turning. It's the same when you go around the country today. Look at some of the scores today in county championship cricket. Not acceptable. Yorkshire, 209 all out. That's quite a good score Somerset. compared to some of the others. No, Somerset, 106 all out. Notts, 177 all out. Worcester, 288 for six. That's a good score. You'd expect that sort of score. on In any four-day career, that's what it should be around, unless you get the absolutely brilliant good performance. Essex, by the way, chasing Notts was 177 all out, 130 for five. Second division, Durham, 92 for seven. Glamorgan, 137 all out. Gloucester, 133 for five. 15 wickets on day one. Again, Leicester, 100 all out. Warwickshire, 190 for three. Northants, 255. Derbyshire, 60 for two. Too many games where wickets are falling for fun. And we wonder why we ain't got players who can build an inning. Steer me. It is a bit ridiculous, isn't it? And it just seems to be, you know, symptomatic of the game in general. Uh, today, you know, today was a, a strange day in so far that you had two batsmen scoring centuries in conditions that seemed almost benign. Uh, but then, of course, when India came out to bat, two for three. So uh, it, it probably wasn't that quite that sedate. But we've talked about this before. And, you know, I see a lot about how uh, the selection of this England team has been absolutely groundbreaking and marvellous and all that but I just can't escape the feeling that you know you only have to go back six months and the big problems that we all talked about England not having a spinner and England not having a fast bowler they're still the problems <laughs> that we've got right now of course, and yeah. when we when we go to play Australia next year or we go away to India at the end of uh, 2020 I think when we go back and play the Ashes it's just going to be the same old problem it is, and, and, and Nick Compton in that interview, we played a bit of it earlier, we talked about 
um, we should be building a team now that are going to be performing in the Ashes. Exactly. Well, we, 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 we still That's haven't exactly got a clue. it, isn't it? We're going to bat Moeen Ali at three. Is he going to be able to bat at three against Australia? Exactly. Probably not. Is Broden, Anderson, is Broden Anderson going to be playing come the Ashes against Australia? We don't know. We have not got a clue. So can we risk them both playing this winter? It, there's so many questions. And they're both greats, by the way. They're both greats. And it's harsh at times when yeah, we're talking about one of them being left out. Same with the Rashid situation. All year, he came in as first choice spinner. He's now second choice. Is he going to be second choice come the end of this test match? Or is they well, going to say, well, they need someone who can bowl well and turn him wickets and knock a top order over? Well, Leach has been doing it for Somerset, even though I've just criticised them some of the pitches he play on. And I've talked about the selectors too many times uh, for my liking, but yet again, they've got to go watch Jack Leach when he plays away from home. There's no point watching him at Taunton. For the last three years, he, four years, he knocks over wickets for fun at Taunton. We know that. We know he can bowl on turning wickets. And they're going to turn in Sri Lanka. So it's a no-brainer for me. He has to go, but if they're not, if they have any doubt about him whatsoever, playing Test cricket, watch him when he plays away from home and see how he performs, because you'll get a better idea on, on whether he's going to be good enough or not. Well, on the topic of Sri Lanka, of course, myself and Andrew McKenna were out there. Well, we got back this time last week, actually, uh, doing a whistle-stop tour, Dambulla, Colombo, um, Candy, pa uh, Palakeli, and, uh, of course, Gore, magical place. Brilliant, brilliant place. Can't wait to get back there and commentate on a little bit of cricket alongside yourself, Goffey. Uh, while we were there, we also caught a bit of cricket ourselves. It was the final of the domestic T20 competition. It was Dambulla against Colombo in Colombo. Colombo uh, emerging victorious uh, with uh, Taranga scoring an unbeaten century. And after the game, who did we bump into? Well, not only, but uh, Roshan Abasinga, who was part of TalkSport's commentary team back in 2000, when not only was Darren Goff playing, but Andrew McKenna was commentating. <laughs> uh, so the two got together and had a bit of a chinwag on the pitch. Well, first of all, Roshan, it's been a very long time, 17 years by my reckoning. Um, have you been busy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. It's been a very long time, but it's always good to meet up again. It's, it's such a pleasure. Sri Lankan cricket in that time has come so far. What do you make of where the Sri Lankan national team are at the moment? Well, we've had our own ups and downs, I must say. 2017 was a very bad year where Sri Lanka lost or won nothing, if I put it that way. And it was one of the worst years. I don't think they could have gone any further or any lower than that. But having said that, I think 2018, things are looking very good. Started off well in Bangladesh and just had a good series in the West Indies, becoming the first Asian team to win a test match at Barbados and, and beating Pakistan uh, in test matches and uh, doing well against South Africa. So they are looking up, I must say. And uh, uh, I'm hoping that Sri Lanka will be able to continue uh, the momentum. Depth of squad at the moment, obviously, you know, no Sangakara anymore, um, no Jayasuriya, you know, things have evolved. Mm -hmm. Where are they now? Who are the stars of mm -hmm. your team? Yeah, well, I, I just don't want to dwell on the Jayasuriya, mm -hmm. Jayawardena and Sangakara factor. They're long gone. Yeah. You know, people need to move on. Yeah. It's so important. And I know we just can't be crying over them. I think Sri Lanka... They've been good at throwing up some special talent. Now, when, when the Ranatungas and Aravindas went, Jayasurias, and they came. And then the Sangakaras and Jayavadhanas came when Jayasurias went. So, Kusal Mendis is a star. I mean, he's looking very good. Dhananjay De Silva is looking good. Chandimal, he's, he's, he's stepping up as captain. So, I think Sri Lanka has enough talent. They, they'll, they should 
be quite happy with what we have, and there is a lot of debt. But the worry will be when Rangana Herath retires. Yes. That's where the big worry is because he's been the one who's got a lot of wickets. He's been the champion bowler. It's not easy to replace someone who's got over 500 wickets. So that's a worry. Is it true that this is going to be his last Test series? Yes, yes, yes. We don't know at what point he would retire, whether it would be after the third Test or after the first Test in goal. That we don't know. But he's definitely said that he's going to retire. And I think it's time because he's 40 plus and he just cannot go on. The arm speed would drop and he would rather go and be remembered for what he was rather than, you know, one poor series. England have had problems against spin, particularly in the subcontinent. Have you got enough spinners to cause us problems? I think so. I think Akila Dananja is looking very exciting. I think he's the next big thing that could happen for Sri Lanka because he, he has variety. He bowls the wrong end. He bowls the off spin. He, he is a package. And then Dilruan Pereira is uh, sufficiently experienced and he should be able to, you know, form a partnership. Well, there is also a, a fairly experienced spinner by the name of uh, Malinda Pushpakumara. Now, he might be one that the selectors would look to, particularly in the Test Series. Then there is Amila Aponso, who played today, who would play in the White Ball Series. So, well, there is depth, there is depth. But as I said, it's not easy to replace someone like Rangareva. Out of interest, I know people in this country are cricket mad. They will have been watching the India-England uh, Series back at home at the moment. Of that England team, who would concern the Sri Lankan fans? Well, Butler, I think, for the way he bats, because he's like, you know, with, with the gloves in hand, he was considered uh, or compared to Gilchrist. Well, Root, obviously, he's such a good player. I think they, those two might be two players that would be of concern. And I'm not very sure how Anderson and Broad would perform because Anderson, you know, and I've heard that they might be rested. So I'm not sure because for the first time in a very long time that England batting don't look solid. I mean, Cook has had a poor run. Jennings seemed to be out of his depth. So I'm not so sure. But those two names readily comes to my mind, particularly Butler because he's, he's, he's got that aggressive instinct about him. He's someone who can dominate a bowling attack. And we can expect full stadiums for the series? Not sure about the tests in Colombo, but you'll certainly have good crowds out of Colombo. But when it comes to the one-day series, you can be assured that you'll have very good crowds. Because as you would see in a domestic game, we wouldn't have this kind of people, but, uh, you know, it's, it's turning around. It's about winning. When, when the team wins, it tends to rub off on everyone. But it, it's, it's the other side of the coin when they lose. Just finally, and you mentioned domestic cricket. We've watched a domestic T20 final this evening. How strong is Sri Lankan domestic cricket? Not strong enough. That's the right word. It's not strong enough. Lots of things need to be done. But uh, I think we've maintained the standard and, and the authorities are looking to try and build on it. The thing is, the Sri Lankan economy is built in such a way that the economy is basically centred in the Western province. So unlike in the other parts of the world, you know, where it's their whole regional economy. So cricket depends a lot on Colombo and the Western province. So it's, it's, a, it's a little bit city-based. Western province base, so that's a, a, a bit of a negative factor. But other than that, this has been the system and, and they need to build on it. Uh, Sandra McKenna talking to Roshan Abasinger in uh, Sri Lanka. Um, Goffey, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Sri Lanka next week. We're going to talk about T20 finals day, of course. Can't wait. Because um, that's, uh, that's always one of the highlights of the summer. And we'll have a full review of 
the international summer of course the last day the fifth and final day of the summer about to take place at the oval uh, so we'll look back at all that and start looking ahead to sri lanka with a little bit more depth uh, brilliant stuff from you as always goffy great to have your company i hope you've enjoyed the show as well you've been listening to darren goff's cricket week on Talksport 2 the following on podcast is proudly sponsored by barbados tourism and this is your gentle reminder that barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan with eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 